we remind ourselves and each other, are we fighting each other or are we fighting with each other towards whatever obstacle or conflict we're facing? Welcome to the Chelsea Pearson Podcast. I'm Chelsea, a wife, mom of two toddlers, a life and business coach, a network marketing professional with over a decade of experience in social sales and personal growth, and a long-form girl living in an Instagram story world. I am not going to limit myself to 140 characters any longer. So run, drive, work, clean your house, organize your closet. Let's get into it. have to be close to me and i have to be close to you <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's that's better hi guys so excited about this week's episode because i have my husband of almost 10 years rob pearson next to me and i hope we don't get in a fight because we are sitting on top of each on other top of each other well i'm so excited to be here i will forever get to claim that i was your very first guest on your podcast. What do you mean? I'll be the very first person who has ever a guest oh, on your right podcast. Oh, right now, right now. Okay. Yeah, and then that will be the truth forever. So all the great people that you bring on after me, oh. you're like, I was there first. Yes, you'll always be there first. So we're going to wing it this week, and there's really no format, but I've gotten a lot of awesome feedback and a lot of awesome, very flattering um, and appreciated requests on talking about how Rob and I do our relationship and our marriage and run our business together and now add kids to the mix. And this is not something unique to us. There are so many people who are doing the same thing with what they've got and we've figured out our way to do things. So this is not by any means the only formula, but just an opportunity for us to sort of share with you guys what it looks like as we're figuring out in this new season of our life, what parenting and business and dating each other and being 10 years married and working on the same issues that keep coming up again and again, but then also stepping into new versions of ourselves because we're both very committed to not just growing together and growing as a family, but growing individually and an adult man and an adult woman who are starting to really see the need to have interests and pursuits that are different than each other because we've worked side by side and shared friend circles and hobbies for the last decade. So we're just going to let this free form. But do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Rob? Sure. Okay. I'm going to swivel the mic over to you. Sure. So my name is Rob Pearson. I've been married to Chelsea for almost 10 years and I am almost 40. It's crazy to, to be not only a dad, I feel like that's a very new thing, but to be almost 40 is crazy. I still feel like we are kids in our 20s trying to figure out this whole crazy life thing. But Chelsea and I have been, we were dating for a very short time before we got engaged and before we got married. And we built this amazing business together. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that we do is falling forward into or backward or backwards into crazy and then just deciding like all right let's let's figure this out what can we do to make this work and you know if we can just launch into this i think as you were introducing what we wanted to talk about i think the critical thing in our relationship in our business 
in the changes that we've gone through is communication. It's like probably the biggest strength that we have. And it has oftentimes, I would say in our way, been the biggest struggle is learning how, as things have changed, how our communication needs to change. And, you know, you go from running a business with no kids and... I think what we say now, no responsibilities yeah. <laughs> and now having we paid our taxes and <laughs> right, right, the laws. right, right. To now having these children that we are solely responsible for and just trying to figure it out. And I, I think the key to this has been not just communication, but constantly refining what that looks like, talking to each other about, you know, if a certain way that we communicate makes us feel a different way. And also being open to changing things that we are kind of static in. If we're used to doing something a certain way, being open to saying, hey, you know what? We can do this better. We can change it and not taking that personally. So I think that's been like a really important piece, at least as I've seen about changing into, you know, from two young kids with quote unquote, no responsibilities to now having massive responsibilities and people relying on us while still also needing to balance us taking care of each other. Well, and let me correct. I don't mean correct. But what I mean is when we when you say no responsibility, we had full responsibility for ourselves and our business. And we got to decide what we did with a day. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what we're talking about. You're like, where? what did we do with all this time? Because it feels like... I was actually just thinking about this laying with Bryant, our one-year-old, almost two-year-old in bed. And Robbie, our three-year-old, looked at me and they're watching a TV show before bed. And he said, Mommy, can you stay in here forever? And Bryant is like this little chunky, delicious human who now is really defiant. And he's like pulling me. And he says, hand, hand, grabs your hand and guides you wherever he wants you to go. And he just like forced my arms around him to hug him and be with him and sit with him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we fit these two beautiful lives who are having a 24-hour day into our 24-hour day? And I think that Rob and I love each other a lot. Like we like each other. We love each other. We enjoy each other's company and we make each other better and we work better and we play better together. I know that's not every relationship. And when Rob had mentioned a very quick engagement and then it quick to the altar, for us, it was just like, wow, you get me. You want the same things as me. And we were not perfect, but we were willing to fight for each other. And so I want to kind of just pause you a little bit because our audience is primarily female. And what I hear from a lot of women is like, I love my husband. He's incredible. He's a supporter or partner, boyfriend, fiance, whatever. But like he doesn't communicate the way that that Rob might or he doesn't have a desire to grow himself or to work through problems the way that it feels like sometimes like ideally you do. So I know that you're a very special man. I've never met anybody like you. And I think everybody that does meet you feels at peace in your presence. They feel safe 
sharing anything with you and they feel a sense of like openness, even just your listening. So I know that that's just not a skill that everybody has. And you've also known a lot of guys being in bands and being a human man. <laughs> you've had friends and you've had siblings and, you know, coworkers. So you're familiar with less than ideal communication. So is there is there any advice, not necessarily that you can give the audience, but any advice that you think we practice ourselves that you can just pass on? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I, I guess the first thing that I'll say is you've made it very clear what your intention with your podcast is in general. So anyone listening to this is looking to do their own sort of growth in general. And what I know personally is me seeing you work on yourself and explore whether it's different personality types or attachment styles or just exploring things that make you grow and make you see things differently. Seeing you change makes me want to grow along with you. And you know this very well. There are some things that you share with me that I just say, that's really great. That's really great. It's that's not up my alley, but go for it if if that's something that's helpful. And then there are other times that you share something that you learned with me that I just dive super deep in because it is up my alley. So I think also it's important because I, I know a lot of people say like, oh, well, I try to tell my husband or I try to tell my partner, you need to do this. And I think a lot of it's in the delivery like I have never once felt like mm. when you come to me. Well, thank you for that, but that's not true. <laughs> no, well, I know a majority of the time, but yeah. I have gotten it wrong <laughs> before. Well, I, just... may, 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 I guess maybe it's one of those things where I'm like leaving that aside. Thank you. But I, I think that that's a really important nuance is just not making it about trying to fix someone. But just saying, oh, I, I learned this really cool thing. Do you want? Can I tell you about it? There, there are tons of different examples, but I think just being able to communicate that in a way, because I think sometimes, especially I know as a as a dad, there are times where you'll come and try to communicate something with me, and I'm just like, I have no, I have no energy. It's the end of the day. The boys have been crazy. All this stuff got done, and I don't really have time to absorb it. So I think just understanding like understanding where your partner is at and not necessarily saying you need to do this or you need to try this but just ask the question hey i was reading about this thing today that i would really love to share with you are you open to hearing about it i love that so this is it's incredible to hear you talk about that posture because that is one facet of our communication skill set. There's like a toolbox that we've built upon. It's I think it started off early on with a shared commitment to health and fitness. Um, Rob was my friend at first. He was a friend of a friend who had just lost 100 pounds with uh, Beachbody body workouts. And I had lost 50 pounds. So we were just as friends like, hey, I see the light in you. I see the transformation in you. I see that you're different. And I, I want to call that out of you. And I think that the very beginning, there was just a pure respect for each other. And I know, I know that's why our marriage is so special because we just wanted to see each other win. Yeah. 
from the beginning and cultivate that light in each other because it, 12 years ago, there weren't as many communities available where you could access positivity or like-minded people. So we first started off with the five love languages. If you haven't heard of that, it's all coming back by Dr. Gary Chapman. And the love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, and what am I? Words of affirmation, physical touch, physical touch <laughs> quality time. Quality time! <laughs> Google the five love languages. I'll link it in the show notes. But that was one of the first building blocks for us in terms of communication. And it's funny because I witness it in my parents all the time. Like my dad would give anything for my mom to write a love letter for him or like a mushy Facebook post just like, ah, this amazing man. I love him so much. And that's not how she loves. She does her love is acts of service again and again. This woman lays her, like rolls up her sleeves and lays down her life for her family and for her husband. And then conversely, my dad has all these amazing like little post-it notes that he writes and just these long texts about all, all of these things that he thinks about her. And she's like, thanks, <laughs> could you help me with this? Or, And they're getting better at it. I don't mean to make light of the way that they love and the way that they communicate because we all have a version of that. But we were very fortunate to be recommended in like marriage counseling, figuring out our love languages. And it's evolved over time as those cups fill. As you're, If you're getting more of one thing in a certain area, you may start to evolve. But that was a tool in the beginning where we really started to see like, okay, just because we're committed to the same relationship and living in the same residence, that doesn't mean that we receive love and give love in the same way. Yeah. And I think that brings me back to communication. Sometimes the things that you need and the things that you crave are different. And you have to be able to have that conversation and say, hey, you know what? I know and we know this. It's like when I met Chelsea, words of affirmation were 100% your love language. And I almost wear it as a badge of honor sometimes that you're like, I don't need words anymore. I don't need words anymore. And it's like, oh, how cool is it? that like that cup is full. But again, I think we've been able to talk, we've been able to talk through things like that. And I, it's, it's funny because I feel like some people are like, let's say a get, like I'm a gift giver and I could give you and give you and give you, but like, if you don't want to receive it or if you didn't want to receive it that way, or you didn't feel loved by that. And I know for some people that may sound foreign, but for other people, it's just like, oh no, I would never want someone to give me something. And some people almost feel insecure when they get gifts because it's not their love language. Right. And so I think that's something that I would, I know that you're going to link it in the show notes, highly recommend it because I feel like so many people who may be struggling in their relationship and feel like they're giving everything they have may just be slightly off in how they're oh, totally. directing that energy. Totally. Now, this is something that is a cornerstone to our relationship and just talking to my girlfriends and hearing how they do finances and they do life and marriage or partnership, whatever that looks like for them, it looks different. But I'll just level set that Rob and I from the jump were like, this is our bank account. 
this is our business. This is our bed. What's mine is yours. And that was a decision that is not right for everyone, but it was absolutely right for us. And when we were getting to know each other, we it was very clear from the beginning that our parents were very similar. So we both saw a framework where that just felt natural. So I'm not saying that that's going to be the make or break your relationship. There's so many amazing people that come from harder situations that say, I don't want anything to do with that. And they turn the opposite direction and they say, I want to create what I didn't have, or I want to do the opposite of what I saw. Um, Or people who come from polar opposite places. But for us, something that's really helped us with our communication and getting through the hard times was remembering that we're fighting on the same side. So it we're not opponents. It's not, oh, this is my thing and this is your thing. And in my ugliest moments, I can hear myself saying those words to you. And I don't know if you've ever gone there. I know I have. And it's never been good. And it's always been hurtful. And it's always caused damage. And it's never felt like connection or moving forward. And so I think we've collectively learned from my missteps when it comes to those things and are very intentional now in our relationship where when we do start to see ourselves like square up in the ring against each other, we remind ourselves and each other, hey, are we fighting each other or are we fighting with each other towards whatever obstacle or conflict we're facing? I think that question is super powerful. Anytime that you're feeling some sort of conflict or anytime there's a disagreement, and I think maybe that's the reason why I've, you're like, I don't think you've ever done this to me, but I know I have in my head. I know I've had the thought and then (laughs) I've had the thought. And then I, I think just like you said, no one's to blame. Like we, we are to blame for whatever conflicts that we have because we're either misunderstanding a circumstance or I guess relying on what we learned from a past trauma to make us think a certain way or feel a certain way about a circumstance. But then when it come when it comes down to it, like you can honestly ask that question anytime. Am I fighting against you or am I fighting with you so that we can come together on this? And I think every time that we've had an argument or every time that we've had a fight, the resolution has been finally coming together. Always. So like, I, I just think that's such a gift. That- I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. So every time, like every time, Rob and I have had some knockout, not physical, but what's it called? Knockout, drag out, knockdown, drag out fights. It's like an expression. Okay. Uh, we've had some really, really ugly fights that I, I just want to say that again and again. I think fighting in a marriage is something that should be normalized, not physical, but like you want to challenge each other. Go through it. You like, want to, get yeah. You it. want to, you want to grow together so that you can improve. And I think that's the pretty side of a marriage is like, oh, you get to grow together. But like, <laughs> yeah. some sometimes growth is hard. But that's what I mean. Is I think we are not the people 
who are going to pretend we have a perfect relationship yeah. ever. We are also not the people that are going to air our dirty laundry right. out of respect for each other right. and respect for our kids and for our families. There are certain things for us in our boundaries that we're going to be authentic to a certain point, but nobody gets to know that but us. It's our marriage. It's our not skeletons, but like the details are personal yeah. and they're for us and they're sacred. And we've had, we've had these fights. A lot of them end up being a recurring fight where my weakness or short-sightedness meets your weakness yeah. and short-sightedness yeah. in the perfect storm, which is actually kind of reassuring because it's not <laughs> like we're picking fights or bickering, which we both cannot stand oh, when right. we see other right. people. Yeah. But it's like, okay, my kryptonite and your kryptonite are causing this chemical reaction and we have to figure out how to strengthen those areas in ourselves to prevent this from happening. But we always, at the end of the day or the two days or the three days, it's I don't think it's ever been more than like three days of tension. tension. Yeah. yeah. We just look at each other and we're like, Oh my gosh, we're so much better together. Can we just figure this out together? Can we fight through this together? So I want to bring up one more tool that has been really valuable. And it's actually, we had an incredible assistant a few years ago in our business named Jillian. And she's from Redding, California, where Bethel Church is. And so she recommended this book to us called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. It's not necessarily a Christian book, but it's counseling and relationship through the lens of Christian counseling. And there's a lot of biblical references and stories and they're so beautiful. So if that's not some a faith that you, you know, relate to or practice, there's still so much value in the wisdom that he offers. The number one takeaway for me from that book is that, and this really extends beyond a romantic relationship, is that in relationship with someone, I am going to have my set of feelings and I'm going to have my set of needs. And Rob is going to have his set of feelings and his set of needs. And I don't get to tell him what those things are. And he doesn't get to tell me what mine are. And if you're in the dating or figuring out if you want to be a partner or you, or you, you know, want to reconcile your relationship or you just want to strengthen your relationship, I think one of the first steps that really served us was getting honest about what we feel and what we need and not judging ourselves, like really going internal, forget the other person for a second. What do you really want from this relationship and from your home and from your work and from how your family operates and how you communicate and how much you have sex and how often you go out and how you want to be treated? Because if you're expecting your partner to meet certain feelings or make you feel a certain way and meet certain needs and it's an undefined thing, if you don't know what it is, how are they going to be able to hit that target? And that evolves over time. But that was really powerful for both of us. And I've had to encourage Rob because he is so, he's an Enneagram 9. And I am a bulldozer when it comes to vision and what I want to do, what I think, what I feel. And so he very often defers to me and my feelings and my needs and my wants And lately we've been having, well, really the same argument that we have again and again, one of the many 
roots of this conflict and it's shared on both sides the the responsibility is that he doesn't share his needs and wants enough from a place of love from a place of I'll put myself last and then it ends up hurting us because I want to I want my husband and the leader of my family to have desires and needs and wants so that I can meet them and I can see him in his greatness so that's something that I, I really would encourage you to soul search yourself and ask yourself, like, what do I even expect of that person? Let me define that and figure that out before you present that to them. But then also ask them if they're open, like, hey, what, what does happiness look like to you? What is love? What does the ideal relationship look like? And it's shocking. And Rob does an amaz- has done an amazing webinar on this when it comes to support from your spouse in a network marketing business, very often we think like we, ha- we have to move mountains in order for our spouse to feel heard or supported or have their needs met. And it's really just asking someone directly, what does happiness and love look like to you and how can I do that? And then you're, it's a shortcut to compromising. Yeah. And I think most people, if you were to ask that question, um, wouldn't have an answer. Whereas uh, this guy that we play basketball with um, has a job that he enjoys. He he likes it, but it's not his dream job. And one of my buddies like asked him, you know, what would be your dream job? And he said, I don't know. I've never, I've never thought about it. And I think like when you drill it down even more specifically about what are your needs, what are your wants from a relationship? I think people would give a blanket say, like, oh, I want someone who makes me happy, or I want someone who's attractive. And it's not really specific. And I think, Chelsea, what you said is is dead on. If you don't know what you're looking for, and you don't know what you want, how can you expect someone else to know and understand what it is that you want? So I think just taking the time to reflect, because I, I know for me personally, my cop-out answer is like, oh, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a true statement. That's me telling my wife what I think that she wants to hear. And I know like when I can get really honest with you and share what my needs are, and it does take me being a little bit vulnerable, but sharing what those needs are or like certain places where I'm hurt that I need work or certain desires that I have that I feel like might be an inconvenience you know, when I say them to you, you're like, oh my gosh, I can totally, I can totally give you that. We can totally work on this. So I think that's another part of it too, is men in particular don't want to necessarily communicate where they feel like they're lacking. They don't want to communicate where they feel insecure. So I think you had said it too, it's like, are you open to this? And I think it's, it can be a beautiful conversation if you come and say, hey, I just wanted to share these things about me because I like I love you and I want to be able to share these things about me so that maybe you'll feel comfortable sharing those things about you. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. You're so, you're such a, you should be here every week. Every or every other week. And we're going to rename the podcast because <laughs> this is just like the end of our fights. I'm like we're just better together. We're just so much better together. Yeah, so that's a really cool cool challenge or cool date night. Like okay, all week I'm going to think about writing out all the things that are my dream relationship. You can be in a relationship with someone and still have a dream relationship with them. 
not like you want a new partner, but honestly, if you were to say, I really am attracted to this, or I really had, you know, I've always had this like fantasy or this vision of doing this, like I'll put on a wig, I'll step into whatever you want me to be because I love you and I want to meet that in you and grow with you on the topic of not knowing. So in addition to like really soul searching and making this list, something Rob and I live by and it's changed our life. I'm, I'm not even, this isn't hyperbole. Like we love this concept and I did a whole episode on it is the concept of contrast, contrast. So just as a, a little bit of a recap, when the color black is next to the color white, it makes the, the opposite look so much more defined because it's s- sitting next to um, its exact antithesis. And what you don't want is very often an amazing indicator of what you do want. And so when you're getting annoyed or when you're being irritated or when you're hoping or wishing that things were different as opposed to saying, this is all we'll ever have, or this is all we'll ever be, or this is all that love will ever offer to me. Instead, ask yourself, what is the opposite? If it's that you cook dinner and you want to be able to sit with your person and hear how their day is without phones, a really good way to figure out that you want that is by cooking dinner and having your partner rush in and not talk to you and ignore you and call their mom and not say thank you, what is the opposite of all those different infractions and violations and frustrations? Write that down. Don't let a moment of that pass you by because if you just invert what that thing is, it's like, okay, well, then I want the phone away and I want this or I want that. And it sounds like there's there's such small nitpicky things, but if they're it's just like Atomic Habits. If you have if you've ever read the book by James Clear, or or The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, it is the little things compounded every single day. And I've heard so many psychologists talk about. I think it's the Gottman Institute, but I I may be incorrect in that reference that. You can actually predict if a partnership is going to end up in divorce or separation based on bids up for connection that go unmet. So for example, if I'm saying to Rob, you know, oh my gosh, today was really hard. Like I'm just so overwhelmed. And he just walked away and didn't say anything. That's a bid for connection that is has gone unmet. And if Rob cooks dinner for the family and I don't say thank you and I don't acknowledge it and I just take it for granted, that's a bid for connection. That's your act of service. So you can go back to the love languages and really say, if you're denying or unacknowledging your partner's physical affection, gifts, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, for long enough, it's going to erode the relationship. And so you can either be in a neutral day where stuff is just happening or really great things can happen for your relationship and you can be like, I want more of that. I want more spooning. I want more bed at the same time. I want more, let's read the same book together or find a TV show that we love or record a podcast, record a podcast together. Rob and I last Friday had the best day date. We had, it was rainy and we talked on the way and like really connected with each other and then we ate the best sushi and Chinese food and then we were going to go to Dick's. We went to Home Goods instead. And then we had a very romantic night after our kids went to bed, lock them in there. And it was just you and me. 
but that is something that like when it feels good, actually I did another episode on that. If it's, if it feels 10, 10 out of 10, do it again. You're, you can make a list of all the stuff that brings you pleasure and brings you connection. And then when it sucks and you're feeling frustrated and unseen and unsupported and steamrolled, <laughs> I don't think you've ever steamrolled me. I'm calling myself out. You can ask yourself what's the opposite and add that to your list. I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> Just throw the mic at me. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite quotes is that small hinges swing big doors. Yeah. And I think that just kind of encapsulates all of that. It is it is the little things that you probably don't think are significant that end up making the biggest impact. And I think, like you said, all of those bids for connection are opportunities. And you can't beat yourself up if you miss one. But I think, you know, if you feel a certain way if something gets missed it may not be getting ignored it may just be missed and that's something that you can even communicate because i think about when we cook i'm pretty sure we say thank you to each other every time that we cook but but equally i think it's like seeking out those bids for connection and looking at every act of service every word yeah, that we is spoken double down right i love you thank you so right, much like, right or it'll be like a text if like, we miss yeah, it yeah push push it yeah I, I i think about all the times where i'll i'll take bryant to daycare and then as soon as i get there i'll send you a text because like maybe i feel like i didn't get to say all the things that i wanted to say so but question do you think so do you th- do you think that that's something you would do if that was not reciprocated? I don't think that could last long if it was one-sided. Yeah, I I, I think yeah, I think it's like a flame, right? It's like a flame, so if I sent you, I don't know what the number would be. Maybe there's a statistic about it. Maybe seven if I sent you seven texts in the seven mornings in a row I sent you texts and they were just not acknowledged at all, I would probably get to the point where I'd say, "Oh, she doesn't care about this." So I'm going to stop sending these. Um, So I think that's the thing is take care with your actions and your words and your touch and with your gifts and with the time that you spend with your partner because they're all all incredible opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at it from that perspective as opportunities to improve things, as opposed to maybe saying, oh, I have to do this. Doing it out of obligation is not going to serve you because then you're going to start to dread it. So I think if you see each of those opportunities as a way to enrich your relationship, then then you can really pour yourself into it and get a yield from it. I love that. I love that. One final thing that I want to touch on is a balance of masculine and feminine energy. I just talked about this today, actually, on my friend Annie's podcast, and I think the episode should be out in January. But we were talking about what happens on the other side of motherhood and how there's just, you're like, you want to go back to the version of you that you were prior to kids, but you can't. And then you also want to grow and evolve, but now you're doing it with children. So there's like this... There's this new filter in which you make decisions for good and for bad because you, there are some things that you just wouldn't do because you respect and you love your kids. And then there's some other things where you're like, I can't do that because I have kids or what would the other parents think or whatever. And we're also still growing, hopefully. I know that you and I are committed to personal growth and evolving and loving each other through that. 
And we've actually been given this analogy, which is so good. I wish I could attribute it to somebody. I have no idea where we got it from. It wasn't ours. Um, is if you think about being connected in a marriage by, by an, a rubber band, you're not going to grow at the same pace. So Rob might be in growth mode for a little bit. Like when I was pregnant with Bryant and I was in a coma, basically, he had to become a first-time parent on his own to a one-year-old for seven months while I was in bed. And so while that didn't feel like fun growth, <laughs> that was growth because yeah. I was in a, in a holding pattern. And then there are times where your career or just your energy and your desires cause you to either be in that, hey, oh my God, Rob, I learned this new thing or I'm going to be here for a bit. You go figure out what, what who you want to be or go make music or go start playing pickup basketball. And the growth is never going to be perfectly symmetrical. But as long as you don't grow far apart enough that the rubber band snaps where either one person refuses to grow, that is absolute or budge, that's absolutely a, a red flag. And I say that because I think that sometimes there's really toxic messaging to make the relationship work no matter what. And I think we all know that when a partnership is just one person or there's abuse or there's a level of narcissism or just a, like a neglect. I don't know. I, I grew up in church. I say this every um, episode. I love God. I love love. I love truth and goodness and commitment and honor and integrity. And I also have seen such ugly relationships that I'd never want someone to stay in for the sake of what the church wants or what the what the Bible says because of abuse and because of neglect, there are times where that rubber band has to snap or else you stay down. But I swear, I heard this fascinating thing about midlife crisis. I didn't even tell you this yet. Cool. So men have midlife crises. Typically, a trigger happens where they come to terms with their mortality. Either a parent passes or they get sick. They're, they're now facing like, wow, my life is no longer this youthful thing in front of me. And what's so interesting is they revert to, well, life is short, so I'm going to go after my desires. And their desires are that typically of like a 17-year-old boy, right? <laughs> I want a really hot girlfriend and I want a really fast car, Right? Those are like, it's the cliche and cliches, there's, there's truth in them. That's why they're cliches. And what the psychologist was saying um, was that men typically around 17 stop being asked, what do you want and what do you need? You know, women get so much emotional support and outlets for what's your vision, what's your goals. And, you know, even in marriage and tropes and in counseling, it's typically the woman that is expressing. And of course, this is not the case for everybody, but there's a lot more bandwidth to talk about what you want and what you need. Yeah. So they go back to, I haven't gotten what I wanted or what I needed because I've been responsible or I've done the right thing or I haven't even acknowledged it myself. It's not the woman's fault or their partner's fault that they make those decisions, but it's like, what could have happened if that man prior to that midlife crisis started saying to his partner, hey, this is what I want from our sex life or this is what I want 
for adventure or for fun. And that is on him, but it's also on his partner to create a safe space where it's not just about, hey, child, whatever you need. It's pushback. And I, I hope I'm doing that for yeah, you. Like, I, get around dudes. Like, do what you want. Yeah. Buy the car. Do the thing. Yeah, and I, you, you have. I, and I think this is the crux of it. Just playing basketball. I Like, I remember the... Not the first day. The first day I came back and I was like, I was like laying on the floor for six hours (laughs) because I'm 39 years old and playing with a bunch of high school kids, right? Running up and down the court. So I was like dead after the first time. But the second time I came back and it was just like, I need, I needed it. I needed it. And I, I think you have been so encouraging of that for me. And it's like it, that almost instant payoff has given me permission to start thinking more permission from myself to start thinking more about what I need, what's what's important, what things do I want to do, what's and be able to communicate those things to you. And some of them are just no no you no you can't. You're you're 40. I and I'll say this, I have arthritis in my knee. So it's like there are physical limitations that keep me from doing <laughs> certain things that I would want to do. So not all things I can do, but like having that conversation and being able to say, Hey, you know what I was thinking about? This could be really fun. Do you want to try to do something different? I wish we could go back 10 years and, and say that or 20 or even 20 years and, and be able to teach ourselves that. But at the same point in time, it's still equally as valuable now. So I, I just love what that has changed for me. And I'm just really grateful for that one day you were just like, you should go play pickup basketball. And what podcast was it? You were like, do you know how pickup basketball no, works? Oh my God. Okay. This is a TikTok. It's so funny. I will find it and link it in the show notes. This girl, I didn't know this happened, but she's hysterical in her delivery. And she's like, do you know that a bunch of strange men literally will just congregate at a random public basketball court and someone knows to bring the ball and they all figure out on their own how the teams work and how the rules work and you don't even need to know their names or like what positions they've played and they, you all get along and there's world peace with the exception of some technical, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, fouls or whatever. There's obviously scrappy yeah, street ball being played. It depends on what day you go to the Y. But... It just was so funny. I was like, this is a thing? Like, if there was a pickup girly thing, I'd be in. So, I don't know. I just, as also, though, masculine and feminine, I have had a goal for myself to be more feminine and feel softer. I think as a mother, there's a part of me that just wants to be nurturing and beautiful again after being so sweaty and bloated. And and I don't mean weight. Thank you. But just like hormone changes and your body evolving. There's just this part of me that's like, you know what? This is my, I'm no longer the maiden. I'm the mother. And there's this amazing feminine energy in me that I want to express. And in doing so, you know, everyone's relationship is different. Who they love is different. But I know the polarity for us, I want to elevate your masculine so that I can be softer. And so I know that when you get around good men who lift you up and encourage you, you come back electric and I feel it. And then I also know that you feel it when I'm leaning into my softness and my authenticity and dancing or whatever. 
and that's just our thing. Right. Every relationship looks looks different. So if you do have a partner that like maybe they're really hot <laughs> when they do something, like when Rob skis down a mountain or on the lake, but especially for whatever reason, when we go skiing, like snow skiing, I think it's because you're so good at it and so in control and I am so helpless <laughs> that there's just this like chivalrous power thing that I'm just like, if I'm not flipping you off under <laughs> under my mittens, I I tried to flip him off. I got so mad at him for skiing ahead of me. And then I realized I had mittens on, so he couldn't see me giving him the finger. But I was scared. When I, I tell you this all the time, when I see you ski, it's just like, or play the guitar or whatever. It just makes me melt. And so maybe also add to that list of like what your dream relationship looks like and what your dream interactions and partner looks like in your life that you share with your partner like also tell them what do what they do that you love that you fell in love with that is so hot that is so attractive and just makes you fall for them again and again because that's another 10 out of 10 do it again like do it again and really often those things are easy because it was something that you were naturally doing and then maybe just like circumstances changed or whatever. But most of the time, I know the things that we say like really turns us like on clothes, about each other. Clothes. Right, right. And it's just like, cool, you like this one? I'll, I'll get, I'll get, day. yeah, I'll wear it every <laughs> single day. That's so easy. Um, or just things that you love. It's knowing that when I play guitar, it makes you feel the way that it makes you feel. It's so easy to walk by the guitar every day and not play it. And it's just as easy to grab it and play for five minutes, fill the house with music for five minutes and just do that. So just communicating that I think is massive. Another thing that I heard, I'll, honestly, if I'm not mothering, working, wifing, I'm listening to psychology podcasts all day, every day. I love understanding human behavior. And one of the worst things you can do for a marriage when one of your or partnership and, and your partner says like, oh, hey, babe, like I love your hair like that. And you discount their compliment. It's it's an insult. Like it's it's going beyond. I didn't receive it. To you're training your partner not to do that again because you're rejecting their love in that way. And the same thing is is true if you know your partner is, is getting dressed for you and you don't notice it. And and you're like, oh, wait, where are you going? You know, like who who are you going to see? And it's coming from maybe a sarcastic or almost always an insecure place. Like I think at the heart of whatever we do, it comes from wounds rather than a desire to be evil or to be toxic to, to the other person. It really is. A, it's a wound inside of us, but just be careful. Like when your partner is trying to touch you or hug you or compliment you, as long as it's not crossing a boundary, like know how important it is to receive those things and I think if you apply any of the things we talked about today, you're going to make incredible progress in your own way based on what you feel, what you need, what you like, and what your partner wants and needs. This is a formula for you to put your authentic self and the relationship you desire into and hopefully create something beautiful one day at a time. So Rob, Thank you. I cannot wait to hear the feedback on this episode. And I love you so much. And I do believe I, I'm not going to wait till our next fight to tell you <laughs> that I believe we are always better together. 
and you are just the most amazing man. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. And I'm sure we will hear again from you really soon. Thank you for spending your time with me today on this episode of the Chelsea Pearson podcast. I can't wait to hear what made an impact or what you want to hear next. You can let me know on Instagram or in your internet browser at chelseapearson.co. Drop the M. Dot-coms are overrated anyway. And you'll find so many more ways to learn, links to explore, and ways to work together. And if you could take a moment and share this with a friend who needs to hear this message or leave a rating and review, it would mean the world. Check out the show notes for everything mentioned in this episode today and have a great day. You are enough. You are loved. You are just getting started. Life only gets better from here.